They hadn't gone far when they heard footsteps behind them. Jack smiled, grateful that Mr. Wheeler had come. But when he turned, he didn't see the old man. A giant creature, swollen and grotesque with wide arced wings and arms with a spike-back warhammer, and armed with a spike-back warhammer, stepped into the clearing. His ribs stood out like plates of armor against sinewy mesh in between. Deliver the key to Wayland's gate, he growled in a guttural rasp, hefting his warhammer high, or I shall pound you deep like a seed in this soil. Chapter 5 Out of This World Jack stepped back, warding Benny away with his right arm while his bat moved forward in a protective motion. The moon broke free of the swirling clouds and beamed into the clearing, illuminating the menacing monster that loomed over the boys. I shan't ask again, Acolyte, the beast snarled, huge red eyes blazing against the green, gray angles of his impatient face. His wings spread wide as he stepped forward, left hand stretched toward them, fist uncurling to an open palm, while his right hand hefted his deadly weapon. We... We don't know what you mean, Jack choked out, stepping backward with Benny behind him. I sense it, human. He pointed to Jack's bag. Deliver it or die. Give it to him, Jack, Benny whispered. The creature's head cocked sideways, a satisfied smile touching the corner of its sliming mouth. Heed your frail page, Jack. Jack planted his feet. He turned his head and whispered to Benny, Be ready to run. Then he faced the creature and shook his head. No. Benny's high-pitched groan was cut off by the grating cackle of the monster. Jack. He spat, smile widening in sickly contempt. It is your death day. Jack shouted, run, and shoved Benny back, then whirled to deliver his home run swing in a battering attack on the monster. The bat sped ahead, met the surprised creature's defending arm, and shattered into splinters. With an angry curse, the beast coiled and swung his warhammer at Jack, who leapt back in a panic, but not out of the weapon's range. Just before contact, Jack glimpsed a flash of color, like a dart of multicolored firecrackers blurring by, and the monster's weapon was struck from his hands. Jack rose, wide-eyed, and saw Benny scrambling backward on the ground and a man, Mr. Wheeler, striding into the clearing, his bright blade extended against the monster. Benny, Jack called, rushing to his friend. 
He helped Benny to his feet, and both boys spun to see Mr. Wheeler's blade clash with the retrieved warhammer, bright sparks flying in the acrid air. Mr. Wheeler blocked a surprising thrust, then whirled and struck at the monster's head with a sword. The creature ducked and fell down. Mr. Wheeler turned, running toward the boys. Follow me! He shouted, and the boys found their feet and sped after the dashing man. Jack ducked under a low limb, half-dragging Benny through a tangled patch of thorns as he hurried after Mr. Wheeler. They came to a great tree with a hollowed middle big enough for even that giant monster to get inside. The key, Jack! Mr. Wheeler cried, sliding to, to a stop and turning around to stand between the boys and the pursuing enemy. Thrashing sounded through the brush behind them and the sick beating of huge wings as Mr. Wheeler raised his blade. Set it firmly in the keyhole knot! Jack fumbled with his pack, finally dragging out the wooden box with the tree emblem burned on the outside. He shattered the box over his knee and clenched the key. He focused on Mr. Wheeler's commands, shutting out every, every pressing question rising in his mind. He extended the key toward the keyhole, the keyhole-shaped knot by the opening. Nothing's happening! Benny charged up and shouted, Clavis Ignum! The burning key of light extended from the handle in Jack's hand, and he jabbed it into the keyhole knot. After a rising whine and a loud swishing click, the tree hollow glowed bright and filled with thick, drifting fog. Jack called back. Got it, sir! Through, lads, through! Mr. Wheeler shouted, and then more bright fireworks burst behind them. A screech and a cry, followed by a thud. Jack turned back. The hulking monster had knocked Mr. Wheeler down and was speeding past him toward the boys. Jack grabbed Benny and shoved him through the tree's glowing, foggy gate. Benny disappeared with a wail, and Jack spun back to see Mr. Wheeler's outstretched hand just trip the monster. Mr. Wheeler leapt up, dashed over to the enemy, and dove through the door. Mr. Wheeler's voice came through the gate. Through, Jack, and then pull free the key. Jack stepped inside the foggy door and reached back for the key, through for the key, pulling it loose just as the monster lurched for the doorway. The rising whine reached its height. Then the loud swishing, swishing click sounded. The monster's enraged wail faded as Jack crashed into Mr. Wheeler's arms. Jack gasped and staggered over and staggered over the soft grass. All three were breathing hard, and Benny seemed to be trying to say something but wasn't able to make the words come out. Slowly, Jack looked around and noticed that the fog surrounding them hovered close to a stone wall stretching around a place that seemed pulled from some strange fable. 
Ancient street lamps illuminated at Cobblestone Avenue, twisting into a small town, ranged over a modest slope toward what seemed in the distant darkness to be a steeper ascent. There, lights shone hazy in the distance. The small town stood only a few hundred yards away. White brick buildings with broad, dark beams of wood and roofs of thatch, which Jack assumed were cottages and shops, lined the avenue, many tucked behind dry, stacked stone walls. Did we get back in time? Jack asked, straining to comprehend what had happened, what was happening. Or is this another world? Mr. Wheeler laughed, blowing blowing out a relieved breath. You're in a place between worlds, boys, he said, gesturing to the town and its surrounding countryside, edged with the thickest band of fog imaginable. Welcome to the Wayland. The Wayland? Jack blinked and tried to find words. The tree, he said, pointing at the tree that rose wide between the stone wall on either side, is a gate, and it goes both ways? Yes, this is the gate to Myrtle, Mr. Wheeler replied, and there it is the gate into the Wayland. Jack rubbed his eyes. The creature, that thing you fought. We fought, Jack. Mr. Wheeler said, smiling at him. I saw you stand your ground and fight back. He is a shard hark, a particularly bad one, too, so he is. His name is Mordok, by the way, and it is a serious problem that he is in Myrtle. Benny coughed. He looked like Mothman. Jack nodded. He did look like the frightening images the tabloids would print of the monster that supposedly first showed up in West Virginia in the 1960s. Mr. Wheeler nodded. He is the Mothman, Benny. We've had some trouble before with his kind slipping into our world. Is that why you were so worried and had to leave the bookshop? Jack asked. Yes, Jack. There were troubling signs, and I had to act swiftly indeed. I did not know it would be him, but I knew it was bad. The crows. I saw the crows. What's odd about crows? These were crows from Kalegrad, larger and more deadly by far than the crows of our world. They serve their dark master and can more easily slip through the boundaries between worlds. They are the reason so many stories from Earth have crows or ravens as a sign of evil. Jack frowned. The Sharkhawk knew? Shardhark, Mr. Wheeler corrected. Uh, the Shardhark, he knew, Jack continued. Mordok knew I had the key. Yes, Mr. Wheeler replied, but you kept it out of his hands, which is more important than you know. 
he would dearly love to get into the Wayland. This magic key doesn't belong to me now, does it? Jack asked uneasily. I don't have to fulfill some prophecy or end a blood feud between monsters and men. No, Mr. Wheeler replied, reaching out his hand. In fact, I shall take it back now, Jack. Jack handed the key, which was no longer glowing, to Mr. Wheeler. That's a relief. I am impressed you tried to battle him, Jack, Mr. Wheeler said. Though it was a terrible risk. Shardharks do keep blood grudges if they're hurt badly in battle. If your bat were a flaming blade and it had taken off his ear instead of shattering against his arm, he'd have tracked you down all your days to settle the score. Who was he? Jack asked. Mordok is a denizen of darkness and an enemy of all free races. He hates blacks and whites? Benny asked. Ah, Mr. Wheeler replied, yes, he does. But I mean races in a different way. He hates the human race with all its varying size, colors, and shapes. But he hates other races as well, non-humans. He is in league with, well, suffice it to say that he is most dangerous and deadly. Should we call the cops? Benny asked, his face frozen in a horrified disbelief. Or get some grub. Mamma mia, I don't know what's going on. Help me. I'm sorry, Benny, Mr. Wheeler said, patting the boy's shoulder. I never intended for you to be involved. I had hoped not even to involve Jack at this time. Involve us in what? Jack asked. In my troubles, Mr. Wheeler said, in an old war that seemed suddenly, and very sadly indeed, unwon. We're in a war? Jack asked. Something inside him sparked to life at this prospect. No, no, Mr. Wheeler said. The war is not yet your brother. I had hoped, I yet hope, to keep the people of Myrtle and beyond out of this, this disruption. Jack frowned. Good, he said unconvincingly. Mr. Wheeler gazed at him, eyebrows raised. He smiled and went on. Yes, yes, my friends, this is not your concern. You shall see a bit of the Wayland and then go home, not to be bothered by the troubles of other realms. You, Jack Zulu, he said, smiling over at Jack with a fanciful expression, are not tied up in this adventure. You have troubles of your own at present in your own world, and I would not add to them. Uh, guys? Benny said. They turned to see Benny, who had wandered back toward the tree lodged in the stone wall and its arched opening through which they had entered the Wayland. 
Benny bent and reached into the mist, lying low around the gate. His face was worried. What is it? Mr. Wheeler asked. Benny lifted a clawed hand from the fog, attached to a dark gray-green forearm. It was the severed end of Mordok's limb, cut off below the monster's elbow where, when Jack had closed the gate. Mr. Wheeler winced, then muttered quietly with widening eyes. Mamma mia. Okay, and that's the end of chapter five, kiddos. I'm going to stop there just in case mommy says it's time. So, I love you, kiddos. Book's getting kind of good, huh? All right. Have a good night. Catch you later. Maybe sooner, maybe later. Bye-bye. Love will make your days come